lives. So the large majority of people yeah. would say that they have tasted the scissor. Well, they have tasted scissor. the goodness <laughs> of the drop and they could not stay away from the evil hooch. <laughs> The uh, the the devil's drink. The devil's drink, um, so to speak. Yeah. So I mean, like, I think. Well, well, let me let me get your perspective on this. Do you think that? You should... Welcome to Biblical Lenses, a podcast about viewing the world through the lenses of the Bible. We release a fresh podcast every week. Before we get started, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Three, two, one. Oat soda. <laughs> Oat soda. Okay. Okay. Mine is yeah. mine is uh, Grandpa's old cough syrup. <laughs> Happy's old cough sir. Happy's old cough sir. Welcome to the podcast. podcast. Uh, In this episode, we're talking about alcohol. Talking about that drank, that hooch, that fire water, that sauce, that gin and juice. (laughs) Rolling down the street. Oh no, no. So that's that is the topic. This is a special request of uh, one of our listeners um, and he wanted to hear a little bit about our opinions yeah. about the old Alki Hall. Yep. And so that's what we are going to be doing. Yeah. So buckle up. Buckle settle up. Settle in. Uh, get your comments ready. Get uh, your comments and your cocktail glass rimmed with salt because we are talking margaritas, people. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my I, goodness. Uh, oh, gosh, I like the whole... I love that... Old people, not old people. I shouldn't Ooh, say that. That's there yep. was a time in our previous generation, okay, where they were like, "Got a problem? Just give it a little bit. Give it a little bit of that Jack Daniels. You right. got a toothache? Jack Daniels. You need to go to sleep. Baby needs to go to sleep. Jack One year old. Little dip your finger in. Jack Daniels. A little bit of corn mash whiskey. <laughs> nothing like nothing like a little bit of fine aged bourbon <laughs> to get rid of a kid's toothache. Also, there are so many sports that were created because of alcohol. That's like literally NASCAR. Really? Yes, NASCAR is because of alcohol. That is a old offensive. moonshine runs. That's what's well, true. Actually, moonshine runs. Isn't it was it literally like we're gonna we're gonna soup up our cars. Yep. So we can beat the police cars. Yeah. We're gonna see how fast we. And then and then it was like all right. Like prohibition's over. Like, all right, well, we got all these souped up cars. Oh what are we gonna my do? Goodness. Dig a track in the dirt and just That's figure right. it out. That's right. We're gonna hit. We're gonna hit it all uh, in this episode, talking about drinks, uh, mixed drinks, beer drinks, wine drinks. We're gonna talk about drinking at church or at home. Maybe we talk about some history of drinking. Yeah. Perception of drinking. Obviously, yeah. some Bible verses about drinking. But first, uh, if you are out there and you are sober. We encourage you to go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a nice review without slurring your words. Uh, we release a fresh podcast every week, and we would appreciate your five-star review and your coherent, sober review saying nice things. I would hope that you're sober. Uh, we're going to talk about this. Yeah. But I will say some of the funniest comments and just like things that I've ever seen are from people that don't, don't think straight. Well, and okay, that's true. And I am laughing at their foolishness. That's 100% true. Yeah. I am laughing because I'm like, you are absolutely a fool. So, uh, all right. But, okay, so uh, drinking, maybe it depends on where you are. Yeah. And what your culture is and maybe your church culture, how you were raised as a Christian. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, this is one of those areas where there's a biblical aspect to it. There's a lot the Bible says about drinking. We're going to cover a lot of these verses tonight. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times it gets tainted, 
I would say this is one of the bigger ones that gets tainted by personal experience and upbringing. Yeah. So, you know, hey, we grew up in this type of church. We never drank. We just don't drink. Or I grew up in a really strict household and I went wild and realized we think it's okay now. Or there's all sorts of experiences there. But that's one thing that could kind of taint the lens. Would you agree? Yeah. I mean, uh, definitely, I would say the people that are hard against drinking alcohol are people that have either a abused it in the past okay um or have seen it abused okay um and i'll seen it abused a lot um and so then they go i don't want to do that anymore i think the people that just kind of grow up with this idea of like oh don't do it because it's bad like eventually they're going to end up drinking um probably pretty casually uh, okay in, in their adult years okay drinking is an interesting thing Right. Like that's true. There's a lot of abuse. Maybe that that's something that could taint somebody's lens Mm -hmm. is, hey, I grew up in a household where dad drank and he he drank too much. He was dependent. He abused it. Uh, Maybe you grew up. um, You know, I know that I did for a long time uh, when I was a younger man Mm -hmm. Um, and and I personally abused alcohol um, and had an unhealthy relationship with alcohol Mm -hmm. before I came to know the Lord. Um, Then alcohol abuse and disorder and addiction. It's a real thing, right? There's an estimated 88,000 people uh, that die from alcohol-related causes every year in the United States. Okay? Something probably yeah. to, ta- to take into account, something to be weary of. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, here's a couple other stats. 86% of people ages 18 or older say they drink alcohol at some point in their life. So the large majority of people yeah. would say that they have tasted the scissor. Well, they have tasted scissor. the goodness <laughs> of the drop and they could not stay away from the evil hooch. <laughs> The uh, the the devil's drink. The devil's drink, um, so to speak. Yeah. So I mean, like, I think. Well, let me let me get your perspective on this. Do you think that you should be twenty one or eighteen to drink? Oh, now we're gonna get we're spreading out the topic I, yeah, here I mean, a little that, bit. That's fine. I I think we can just answer really quickly and come right back in. Sure. Um, I think that if you can join the military at eighteen and you can drive a car at eighteen, you should probably be able to drink because if you can carry a gun around and you're eighteen. Probably a pretty good indicator you should be able to have a beer maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, That's I think like like most most people by the time like the difference between 18 and 21, not a lot. Like not maybe too the difference much. between 18 and 24, yeah. Maybe a little bit. Like maybe you're a little, little bit more, more mature, you yeah. kind of can handle yourself a little bit better. But I think like if you push the age back, like let's say you say, well, we're not gonna make it 18, we're not we're not gonna make it 20, we're making it 24. Right. I think you're still gonna have people that are like, well, this is my first introduction to alcohol. Right. I'm still gonna go hard and make all the mistakes that I would have at 18 or 21. Right. Most 21 year olds still don't know how to balance their checkbook, or have just really figured out how to shave without putting lots of toilet paper on their face after the mm-hmm, fact, mm-hmm. and are maybe starting to realize that they are the reason that all of their relationships suck because they don't know how to do relationships That's well. That's true. Yeah, it's you're still 18. Yeah. And when you're still 18 you're still pretty much 10 so yeah. you're, you're children yeah still okay so i i think i agree with that i think 21 yeah. is pretty young but i think whatever the age is that you should be able to go to war you should probably be able to have yeah. a beer okay exactly but say you want to push that back to 22 i'm down for that conversation 24 i'm down for that conversation yeah. but yeah. when it comes to drinking what does the bible say about the drank that is true what's what? the bible say about me and snoop dog rolling down the street drinking that gin and juice well my my favorite story. I'm gonna start us off with a light note, and okay. then you can maybe hit us with some like biblical oh. knowledge on it. Yeah. Let's um, my favorite story uh, about drinking in the Bible uh, is when Noah 
Um, builds a uh, plants a vineyard. He's going OT. Uh, I'm going Old Testament, very Old Testament. Uh, Genesis 9, uh, 20. It says, Then Noah began farming and planted a vineyard. He drank of the wine and became drunk and uncovered himself inside his tent. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like the visual of seeing... Now, remember... Noah was say about like, say like with a little timidness though. Okay, Noah was about 160 a when he like old man. built the ark. I can't remember exactly what age, okay. but he was fairly old. Okay, now, I don't know if I know they lived until like 800, 900. So I don't know if like maybe his 150 is our like 24. Maybe he was absolutely jacked. I personally like to envision him a very old, very frail man. Very frail man. Drinking and then just uncovering himself and running around wild in It's the field. just like, it, it, you know, a very old man, like what we would think like maybe a 65-year-old man, kind of yeah. fell down hard. Yep. He had too many Schlitz malt liquors. <laughs> you know, those that he didn't realize they were 10%, not five. And then and then just the flap moved over. Yeah. And that's what we're thinking, uncover the nakedness. There yeah. is some debate about what uncover the nakedness means, but yeah. it's a pretty brutal scene. It's pretty gross. Yeah. It's kind of pitiful. It, it just it's it's pitiful, but I just I just like I just think it's funny. Also, I will say this. Not from personal experience, but maybe from past personal experience. Yeah. It, you, you have to figure it out. Um, wine. The worst. Really? The worst thing. To really? Just, yeah. Wine. Just wine drunk? Oh, wine drunk stays. That's sta- again, I don't condone this. What's great Nor is, do I enjoy this. You've been you've been a non-Christian. So my my mom always had this cop out, which was like back in my BC days. Right. And I was like, well, I don't have BC days because I've been a Christian yeah. my whole life. So I can't be like, well, back when I wasn't a Christian, because it's like you've well, always been a Christian. I've always been a okay, Christian. so let me get a little real legit yeah. really quick. Before I was a Christian, exactly. Wine drunk, or it's kind of drunk. Oh. It's I mean, you could be young, virile, 21 years old. You get wine drunk, you better take the week off. <laughs> Friend, you better take the week off because most likely all you can afford is box wine and you drank yeah. the whole box and you stick a fork in oh. you because you are literally a fat pig sitting you. in a wine vat. You're it just done. sticks to you. It sticks to your oh. soul and your bones and it feels horrific. Yeah. So I'm just throwing that out there. So Noah was all sorts of wine drunk. Yeah. And that's a bad, that's a bad thing. Well, what, what do you have? What do you, what, what are some biblical knowledge? Well, okay. So I kind of based off the story of Noah. Yeah. Like that's a brutal one. We realize that stupid stuff, let's talk real, yeah. right? Like we do stupid things. Uh, it's often called liquid courage, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. Um, that, that would make us a little bit more, and, and we call it liquid courage. It's not actually courage, it's liquid stupidity. Yeah. It takes away all of our inhibitions. It drops the walls and makes us, some would say comfortable. I would say it can make you way too comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and this is the problem like that I, I think you can run into really quickly with alcohol. Let's go to another extreme here where you lower your inhibitions so much that debaucherous things can happen. Mm -hmm. Crazy things can happen, right? You wake up with someone and in the morning and you go, oh, how did I get here? What happened? My head hurts. Not Um, the story of your BC days, is it? No. No. But it might be the story that Lot had when his daughters got him wasted (laughs) because they wanted to have babies and had babies with their dad. That's when debaucherous things can happen when you're like, I'm so drunk. I don't know who's in the room. Yeah. Bad stuff happens. What, what the reason why I know the Bible is to, is true is because they always say history is, is written by the winners. Sure. Um, nobody that's a winner would write in there. I got drunk, had sex with my daughters. Right. That's like, something, that's not something you, that you keep to yourself yeah, for the rest of your life. Unless 
it's the Bible. It really happened. And we're going to air out some dirty laundry yeah. right now because the Bible's full of unbiblical things. The yeah. Bible's full of things that we should not do. Yeah. Right. That are not prescribed, but instead they are to be avoided. And, and it's to show us like we are fallen, broken people. Right. This is the reason why we need Jesus. Like Jesus is we need like the, the Lord. Per- yeah. Yeah. Because when you have more than one wife, it doesn't go well. Doesn't when go you well. drink wine drunk like that and your daughters are cray cray and been living in Sodom for a while. And just a couple days ago, you were like, here, here, people rape my daughters yeah. instead of the angels. Dude, uh, now we're getting way off track. Yeah. The booze is bad. It's it's, it's bad. evil. It's wicked. And, and let's like also address drink the fact ginger that like, beer. Yeah. Lot. Lot was. He was, There's a lot more going on with yeah. Lot there, but we just in that scene, yeah, debauchery, debaucherous things very much happen. so, and it's it, it's that's not an Old Testament thing, that's a human thing, yeah, right, okay, mm-hmm. very much you, so. You take away your your rational thought, yeah, and, your and self so like, control. You know, we share we share two different stories about how definitely alcohol can be abused, mm-hmm. but then we see we see Jesus himself. Okay. Like, Hey, let's go. Like we have a wedding. Yeah. Like there is a shortage of wine. Mm-hmm. And the first miracle that we see Jesus do. Yep. Margaritas. Margaritas. That's like, right. Oh, yeah. what you want? And it, and it wasn't just margaritas. It was like, like I'm using, have you seen the rocks new, uh, Terramana tequila? I, I have heard of it. I follow the rock. That's all he posts anymore. Nowadays. Um, Pumping so that that's it. Like, it's like, like top shelf. Sure. Kind of wine that Jesus makes. And they're like, Jesus, we normally bring this out yeah. in the beginning. Why have you brought it out now? And then, and then we feed like, you the junk. Yeah. Then we feed you the the Franzelli box wine box from Costco wine. Yep. later on in the evening when everyone's slosh it. Yeah. yeah. And so and Jesus has has a whole point about that. Of but course. it's like, you know, it's like you see here the Son of God right. at this wedding where there is drinking going on, providing more drink for people to drink. So, you know, it's like <clears throat> you definitely see a level of of this kind of like drinking in the bible that it's like well you know is it more cultural is it you know are we as as american christians are we so against drinking because of prohibition because of what we've seen it do to people um who do abuse it so much you know okay so there's there's old testament and new testament like proclamations or words spoken about wine, right? Like Jesus is turning water to wine. Paul's telling Timothy, drink a little wine for your stomach. Mm-hmm. Like we're talking about like wines during festivals, wines dur- wine during ceremonies, mm-hmm. like wine being a good thing, a healthy thing, that it should be jo- that it should be joyful. Um, I love this in Proverbs. It says, uh, when it sparkles in the cup and goes down smoothly, Proverbs 23. <laughs> We're talking about some rosé. We're talking about a little champagne. A little, a little bubbly. A little bubbly in the OT, right? A little, a little, maybe a, yeah, a little Don Perignon. A little brute. And it's <laughs> mixing some mimosas, Don maybe. Perignon versus brute. Yeah, $9 champagne versus like $150 champagne. Yeah, cheap champagne. But I'm just saying, there is quite a bit of reference, Old Testament and mm. New Testament, to not only the benefits, but the joy, the blessing yeah. that has been given that is wine, yeah. right? Okay, we even, let's go deeper. Um, Jesus didn't use Dr. Pepper for communion. Yeah. He welcomed, he tabled with his disciples. Yeah. And he called the wine, his, he referenced the wine as his blood, which mm-hmm. would be poured out for his people. Yeah. Wine has a positive connotation 
quite often. Yeah. More often than not, actually. Yeah. It has positive connotations. Definitely. And so uh, just want to like rabbit trail off just for a second. Ooh, yes. and Tell this story. So uh, speaking of communion, um, my grandparents uh, used to go to a Lutheran church um, and they called us up for communion one time. And I went up and the priest, I was 12 years old. Um, and I looked every bit of maybe 14, um, if I'm being very honest. And uh, the priest looks at me and he goes, uh, wine or uh, grape juice? And I kind of looked at him like, bro, I still have zits on my face. Right. What like, do you why, think? Why? Yeah. Why are you offering me wine, man? Amazing. Like, <laughs> if you would have went up when you were 12 and it was like wine or juice. And you were like, is it a Sauvignon Blanc? Is it a Pinot Noir? What are we doing here? I don't care. As long as I'm not leaving here sober. Like, you know, it's like. <laughs> as, long, as long as I take one for me and yeah. pour one out, out for, for the Lord, <laughs> I think we can do this, I just, man. I just looked at him like, I don't, I don't really understand. And I, I ended up choosing grape juice, mom. I just want to let you know that. Good so. job. Um, amazing. That being said, in Proverbs uh, 23, 20, it says, uh, do not join those who drink too much wine or gorge themselves on meat for drunkards and gluttons become poor and drowsiness clothes them in rags. Okay, so now we're going into this idea. The, the word now that's brought up a lot in scripture is drunkenness, mm-hmm. right? So, okay. Uh, Ecclesiastes 9, 7 says, go ahead and enjoy your meals as you eat. Drink your wine with a joyful attitude yep. because God already has a Proved your actions. So we have this idea of drink, enjoy, pair it with a steak, bro. Yeah. It tastes good. It's a blessing. God created those flavors and that can become a form of worship. But when you start taking worship, something that should be worshipful mm-hmm. and you make it all about you and, and, and overindulging in it, then you get drunkenness, yeah. which is where the real danger like really comes into play. Right. And that's where you would get scriptures like, um, uh, let me see Ephesians do not get drunk with wine for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Holy spirit. Mm-hmm. Right. So here, here's the bigger point that the Bible's trying to make. It's like, dude, like at so many things that God has made, like are there for our enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Has he made the sunset? Yes. Has he made like that feeling you get when you're proud of your children when they accomplish something? Yes. Has he made a delicious brisket in Texas that just came off of my new smoker? Yeah, that has that perfect bark and mm. crust to it. It's juicy on the oh sweet it's mama. Pretty good. God made that. I'm gonna go out and eat brisket after this. Exactly. But he made all of those things so we would worship him. Can you really worship the Lord when you've spent too much time worshiping the feeling that you want to get out of getting drunk? Yeah. No, no, no. Now you've sacrificed one for the other. You you definitely like bring up a very good point. And I, I think I definitely like we would both agree, like, you know, being drunk is is where we would say, like, don't get drunk. Um, right. you know, alcohol is okay. Yep. But I think there's a slippery slope, and I think that's why, you know, even the Bible says <clears throat> in that passage, like don't hang out with people who, right. who do that. And I think too many times, and this is what I've heard from some Christians is, oh, it's okay. I'm going to the bar because I'm going to witness to my friends. Sure. You know, and I'm, I'm here because I want to show them what a Christian example is like. And okay. then four months down the line, I'm watching them. Hey, I'm going to the bar every night with my friends. And not only that, right. but I'm like, I'm getting drunk, I'm partying. And it's like, they slowly start to, and it's just like Satan does this all the time. I'm going to slowly get you to put one foot in the door and it might be for good intentions. Like I'm going to witness to him. I'm going to be their designated driver. So are you saying that all drinking leads to debauchery? No, I'm not. Is that what you're saying? I'm not saying that. I'm saying when you're spending more time with 
friends and like that's the group of people that you're hanging out with constantly. okay it, it just leads to a a habitual behavior okay but okay so that's definitely a scenario you're hanging out with the wrong people you're trying to mix and fit in with those people and therefore your actions start to mix and some people would say man what a testimony what a witness you go to the bar and you don't drink out of a red cup you drink out of a clear water bottle so people know you're drinking water is that what we have to do as christians or are we allowed to i guess this goes into a different like topic connected but like um some christians would say well i drink at home but publicly yeah. drinking, whoo, that's a big no-no because now I'm being a bad witness. It's a mm-hmm. bad testimony when I drink. What do you, is that, or do we have to be different out and about when I take my wife to dinner than I am here in the home? Yeah, I mean, we, we have friends that would say that they would do all things as to like not stumble their brother. You know, my dad would say that. Like, okay. Like he doesn't drink, not because he, he doesn't think he can handle the drink, but because he doesn't want to drink and somebody sees that and then he has to explain like well i don't have a problem with it like right. okay um i i have pastor friends that are like i'm a pastor and if I, one person in my congregation sees me drinking and i'm the cause of them going oh well you know pastor jesse can drink but like so that means that i can drink right and then they're like well pastor jesse doesn't have a problem with alcohol you have a problem sure. and now they're you know five months you know yep. sober leads to them being drunk it's just sure. like you know, I know that people say like, I don't want to be the cause of that. But at, at mm-hmm. the same time, it's like, to me, it's like, you know, people are going to, people are going to see you in public and they're going to see you in like private. Mm-hmm. It's like, you can't lie to people, yeah. you know? And so I think saying like, oh, publicly I'm going to do this, but privately I'm going to do this. It's like, it's hard it as a way of kind of not lying to people. It's but. hard for me I, I, I get there's this idea in, in, in the Christian circle, Christian worlds, or, and, or biblically speaking, not just in Christian circles, this idea of us being above reproach. We don't want to cause mm-hmm. one of these to stumble. Romans 14, like you were just kind of quoting, is we don't want to do anything that would cause our brother to stumble, right? That's yeah. Romans 14. So we don't want to do any of that. We want to be above reproach, right? We don't even want to, not only do we not want to sin, but we don't want to have the appearance of sin. Mm-hmm. The problem is the perception that a lot of people have because of maybe that tainted lens is drinking a sin. Mm -hmm. So therefore you see pastor so-and-so at the grocery store picking up a six pack. You go, he's going to go home and drink that whole thing. He's a drunkard Mm -hmm. instead of, well, I'm thinking the best about my pastor. He's probably having people over to his house. He might have one of those, yeah. maybe two of those, mm-hmm. but he's a grown man, dog. Like yeah. he could have two Miller High Lifes, the champagne of beer and be okay. <laughs> but, but you know, so that's the thing is like, is, is it a problem with the fact that we're not addressing that unbiblical stance, that unbiblical perception, which is, well, all drinking is bad because mm-hmm. it's not true. Yeah. Me and my wife can have a glass of wine paired with a delicious steak. Anybody going to call that horrible? Mm-hmm. We each share one glass of Merlot mm-hmm. with a filet mignon. You go, oh, debauchery. Yeah. I go, culinary excellence, fool. Yeah. I paired that wine perfectly. Yeah. Okay. I call it debauchery trying to put a filet mignon with box wine. That's debauchery. That's yeah, and, negative. And I think like uh, like a lot of mature people, I mean, unless you're like kind of a week out of rehab or whatever, I right. think most mature Christians can see somebody doing that and go, Okay, like I see my pastor out there drinking. Like I don't necessarily have to go and drink. Sure. But like this, uh, an example that I have is I was, I knew a bunch of college kids that 
like to go out, drink, talk theology, stuff like that. Sure. Um, and they'd have beer or two. Okay. Um, and then there was one person that they kept inviting out and they kept saying, no, like I'm not, I'm okay. And they kept kind of saying like, it's okay. Come on, come on. Like keep, like just come with us. Yeah. And finally the person went, they didn't know that he had previously struggled with alcohol, went, he's there, they're all drinking. He decides to have a drink and it sends him on this down. Well, that's a different story, right? Like this idea of tabling people, like I can't, this brings us into this, this idea of confession, transparency, Mm -hmm. repentance, where it's like, I want to table with you and I'm fine. I can have a beer with my brisket and be like, that was an awesome dinner. Mm -hmm. We had a great conversation, a great night, all that kind of stuff. But if you don't tell me, right. If you, if you hide your addiction and your pain and your, the thing that you're struggling with from me, well, now I'm offending you and I don't even know I'm offending you, yeah. right? It's the same way with like our language. Like mm-hmm. if, I, if, I, if I say something, if I have like kind of a jabby kind of like sarcastic humor and somewhere deep down in your past, you have a daddy wound because he was sarcastic and he mm-hmm. left you when you were five. So sarcasm comes off as, as betrayal and, yeah. and bad to you. I go, how could I know that? Yeah. Right. So there is part of that that is, and, and I'm not trying to like take all the responsibility off of the individual. Mm-hmm. There is part of it that says, I as a person need to be willing to sacrifice my own wants to pair yeah. that wine with that steak for a person that I want to love. That person likewise also has to be willing to be transparent with me and know if I need to do that with you. Yeah. I think that there's there's kind of like where those things come together. Can I can I share a story? Yeah. Where this came like real life for me. Um uh, I am a Christian. I am a person who th- the Bible says clearly it's okay to drink. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> one night, um I, I think we were like in a season where like my wife and I would like to have a drink every once in a while. And we're cheapskates, right? Like yeah. you go to the gas station, buy a six pack, it costs $10. Yeah. But if you go to Costco and get an 18 or 24 pack, yeah. it costs $10. Yeah. So we're frugal. Mm-hmm. We're on a budget. I go, I'm going to get this from Costco. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And this is going to last us for like two months. I was going to say, which is that you have to make that clear to people, which is it's like going to last us it'll last you for, a while. A, yeah. for a long time. I'm not drinking these all in one sitting, but I'm in Costco and I have a 24 pack on my shoulder <laughs> and I'm walking, I'm walking to the checkout. I think I also had toilet paper. So, nice. um, you know, that's just the, in the memory. Hey, beer and toilet paper. It's like you're yeah. ready for COVID already. Ready. I was ready for COVID. <laughs> And then right at that moment, I saw students from my youth ministry. Mm, Isn't it the best? With their mom. (laughs) And I have toilet paper and a 24 case (laughs) of beer on my shoulder. And did they give you like the far away like, Pastor Jesse? I saw them from a distance and I'm not proud of this. I literally put up the toilet paper to say hi to kind of cover it. And I dropped the 24 pack behind my shoulder and I heard it shatter and I walked away from it because they were a solid like hundred feet away from me. And I was kind of behind a rack of like mangoes or something. So I was like, Hey, and I dropped the beer and I just walked up to, like it was never a part of me. And it was like, I remember in my mind going, this is hypocritical. Like it's not bad, but the, like for me to, to have a beer every once in a while, but what really came into my mind was these are students I've had time with. Mm-hmm. These are kids that I've had one-on-one discipleship time with. Yeah. 
I've never talked to them about this. Yeah. This is a lack of teaching. This is a lack of discipleship. Wow. Yeah. And I was, I was not embarrassed. Well, I was embarrassed because I threw beer behind me and I dropped the case. You I was, made that and I repented. Costco, kid. I didn't come up. back either and pay. So I apologize for that Costco <laughs> in Hawaii. I apologize for that. That was me. But I will say the thing I was most embarrassed about was I realized I had failed. Mm. I'd failed as a, as a discipler. I had failed as a teacher. I'd failed as a friend. Yeah. It's my duty to educate people and say, I'm 27. Yeah. You're 15. Mm-hmm. This 24 pack lasts me and my wife a month and a half. Yeah. We are responsible like you should be. Yeah. Right. So I didn't do that. Well, and I think like, honestly, a lot of, Parents will kind of do this where they say, like, we don't want you to drink. We don't want you to touch alcohol sure. until you're 21 or whatever. Okay. And then it's like all of a sudden they turn 21. By then, most kids are in college. Mm. And so their first experience with alcohol is with some Chad in college. <laughs> so who, Chad. who his first experience. Beer ball. Yeah. <laughs> His first experience is with a Brad, right. and they're just constantly like, "You just gotta drink a lot, and then take all your clothes off and pass out." This like, fun, dude. And, and the, the next day, get up, puke in the toilet, crack a beer, puke like, and run. Hey, bro. let me show you how to shotgun this. You know, yeah, like, let's go. And so it's like, but it's what I'm saying is like, it's a lack of parenting where we see a kind of difference in uh, and I'm gonna bring up Europe just as a way of like sure. paralleling. Like you have a lot of parents that are like, "Hey." You're 12, you're not going to have a whole glass of wine, but you want to try it? Here's a sip of my wine. Oh, sure. you don't like it? Yeah, it's like an acquired taste. Like you're not going to like it. Sure. And so it's like, but like they introduce it slowly. You mm-hmm. see parents and grandparents doing it. And that was my first experience with alcohol was a group of, when I when I went to school, it was basically a group of 26-year-olds who had right. already lived out their partying days and were like, I don't need to tank five beers to prove that I'm a man. I'm going to have one with six tacos and I'm good. Like now you got me thinking about tacos. I know. I'm sorry about that. But it's like, you know, that was my experience. And so I saw this healthy, this healthy way to consume alcohol. Yeah. And that's kind of what formed my, my thoughts of it. Whereas a lot of kids in the United States go to college and their first experience is drink as much as you can, party as hard as you can and pass out. Well, I mean, I, I, I started drinking in high school. Didn't know, I didn't have a relationship with Christ, nothing like that in my life. And I started drinking in high school because it's what everybody else was doing. It was the cool thing. Now, to were do. you drinking around your parents or were you drinking around your friends? No, no, no. I'm talking about, I'm talking about, I wasn't really educated on it at home. Mm-hmm. There's maybe like, I mean, I would see maybe like my mom or my grandparents like have wine with dinner, but it wasn't really like talked about, right? Mm-hmm. So by the time you get to high school, it's like, this is the cool thing to do. We're all going to go drink. Yeah. Somebody got a fake ID. Somebody brother, <laughs> somebody's brother yeah. is going to get us alcohol. And then we would go drink Smirnoff Isis thinking we were oh, really, really cool. Man. Bro, Mike's hard lemonade. Bro, look how cool I am. Yeah. And but you know, we start drinking a lot. And you start drinking because it's cool. Mm -hmm. And then you start drinking because like it makes you feel older. Mm. And then you keep drinking because you're getting older and now it's okay. Mm -hmm. But by the time I hit 21, I still didn't know Jesus. Like I was drinking and I was like, dude, I'm over it. Yeah. Like I've, I mean, I was obviously still drinking at that time and abusing alcohol, but it was like, I've been doing this for a long time. That's really sad. Yeah. That's really sad. And I tell you, nowhere in that did I have any appreciation for the beautiful thing 
that is a glass of wine mm-hmm. or like a really fine triple IPA. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know yeah. any about that. I'm like, it tastes bad. I'm just doing it. Yeah. Right. Missing out on the thing that's been given to us for celebration, for joy, for our blessing. Yeah. I didn't know anything about that. Well, and like, I mean, I think like the Bible definitely talks about like wine and drink being used for celebration, right. being used in festivals, being used as things just to even, I mean, lift people's spirits. I think actually a really hard passage for people to, to Ooh, yeah. kind of reconcile go, go, go. is Proverbs 31 when it says, it's talking about, uh, it's, it's talking to uh, Lemuel and it's talking about basically like kings don't drink uh, wine um, or desire for strong drink because they will uh, drink and forget what they decreed and pervert the right things of the afflicted, which okay. is interesting. But then it goes into, it says, give strong drink to him who is perishing and wine to him whose life is bitter. Let him drink and forget his poverty and remember his troubles no more. Um, and I just think it's like, well, we'll finish it out before we kind of move on. But it says, okay. uh, and remember his trouble no more. For, uh, open your mouth for the mute, for the uh, rights of all the unfortunate. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and defend the rights of the afflicted and needy. Okay. So I think a lot of people read that passage and they go, see, look, it's okay to, to drink. It's okay to get drunk if you are going through something, right. if you're mourning, if you're afflicted with something. And I think it's important to kind of note the last portion of that, which is just saying, open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of the unfortunate. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and defend the rights of the afflicted and needy. It's literally saying, Kings and rulers should help those that are afflicted. Okay, help those that are in need. Should not abandon them. Yeah, that's not a passage that's as much about drinking as much as it is about some other things. It's just a lot of people will use that passage sure. as a way to point out, and they pick out that portion that says, "Right, give strong drink to this person," and blah blah blah. Right, and they go, "See, this says it's okay for me to drink." And it's like, well, well, you listen, read the brother, whole thing, you know, you got to take all scripture in its totality, right? Yeah. Like, you can't make a theology out of one verse, mm-hmm. and especially like a verse like that you got to pair it with i mean the fact that um let's say galatians lists drunkenness in a list of sins that are on par with impurity strife jealousy fits of anger sorcery sexual immorality orgies and and envy so if you're like it's okay for me to get wasted and forget things i'm like well you might as well also go have an orgy as well bro because you've taken things way out of context you might as well like hit an expelliarmus while you're at it you know like i'm just saying we went different topic right there harry potter was evil so no i'm just Uh, well so you know um isaiah 5 says woe to those who are heroes at drinking wine Mm -hmm. and valiant men in mixing strong drink there's also a lot of talk uh um in the old testament about uh, woe to you i forget exactly where it is woe to you who wakes up early in the morning to pursue drink yeah right there's this idea like you have taken a created thing, a given thing, a blessing from the Lord. You've made it the end result. Mm -hmm. You've made it the end result. And instead of letting it roll up into a form of worship, you've missed the point. Yeah. You've missed the point. And in doing so, there's only two ways to live life. You live life for the Lord or you live life for yourself, Mm -hmm. right? When I drink a glass of wine with my dinner, there's a way as a believer to do that, living my life for the Lord. Mm -hmm. I taste it and I go, sweet mama, this is delicious. God, you've made these flavors. My goodness, you are an extravagant creator. Mm -hmm. Or you can go, 
great glass of wine. Let's keep getting hazed, bro. Yeah. Let's get <laughs> wasted, Let's son. Hazed. Let's get wine drunk. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's two ways to live. Yeah. One of them pursues the Lord. One of them pursues your own interests. Yeah. God is interested. This is this is the funny thing. Like, I feel like in churches, uh, we, we talked about this recently, I think in the last podcast, like, everything doesn't have to be so serious. Everything doesn't have to be so somber. Like God's a God of celebration, a God of fun, a God of festival, right? And wine is a part of that. Mm-hmm. Wine is something that helps set a mood, a tone that says we are celebrating. We're not mm-hmm. celebrating because I have a lack of inhibition mm-hmm. or I've lost my judgment. We're celebrating because we're like, dude, you ever had really good wine? Are have you, you ever had yeah, really? Yeah, I'm yeah. asking you. Yes, I dude, am. Yeah. I one time, very fortunately, had somebody pour me a $300 a glass Ooh, my friend, not that wine. Good wine. Okay. I couldn't pay it. He, he just yeah. poured Lucky me a glass you, of wine. Yeah. We're talking about $300, a glass of wine. Yeah. And when I tasted it, I was pretty sure that an angel had flown <laughs> in my mouth and karate kicked my taste buds. It's real, dude. Yeah. It's not, it's not that $6 Mondo bottle of wine you get at the drugstore. Oh, yeah. There is flavors. There are things that God has created that are so stinking mm-hmm. good that you can't help but go, sweet God, you are so good to me. Yeah. And your goodness is made manifest on my palate. What I what I love is when people when people say, like, oh, like I I like I I don't know how people can drink alcohol because it's nasty to me. And then they go out and like they tank a black coffee, and I'm like, it's the exact same thing. Brother, like, acquired taste. It's an acquired taste. And when you start in, like when you start learning the subtleties of it, mm-hmm. you can drink a cup of coffee and go, oh, this has a sense of chocolate. This has a sense of cherries. Woo. This has a sense of you know this and that. Yes. Um, or this was eaten by a tiger and then expelled. Like that's gross. You know, the best kind of coffee out there is supposed to be that kind of coffee. That's... Um, and so same thing with with, uh, with you went like left wine. field right? on that. Know, you went la la land. Dropping that knowledge. You just talked about cat that, poop coffee that, beans the, the, in the middle of an episode about alcohol. <laughs> the best kind of coffee is supposed to be from that. Anyways, okay. that being said though, it's like, it's same thing with alcohol, right? It's like yeah. you can drink a wine sure. and if you are a, oh, what's the name for him? Uh, Savion, oh. Savion Blanc? No, I don't know. Pinot Noir? Uh, one of those wine people, you okay. know what? Oh, oh. My uh, wife's yeah, the people who are like, what they are. Yeah, I'm having a brain fart. Yeah, but basically. They're like, the ones that like, yeah, make weird noises also, and rub it in their cheeks. Side note, I yeah. think that's hilarious when you uh-huh. go to a wine tasting and you just see a bunch of grown adults just swishing wine through their mouths and going. And yeah, you look like Hannibal out. Lecter. You look, you look a, it's little a little weird. strange, but I can appreciate what you're doing. Yeah, and then, but is it like my whole point is is that sure. through that you kind of understand? Oh, like this is what it tastes like. So I just when people say like, oh, it's you know, like you, it just tastes like crap. It's like well. Yeah, maybe like the $6 bottle does. Yeah. But, you know, when Listen, you understand what it actually is. Totally. So here, here's here's my final thoughts. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you're ready for your final thoughts. Definitely. But my final thoughts are the Bible's very clear. Yeah. Like that, that, well, let me clarify something really quick. The Bible says wine, mm-hmm. right? But there are other drinks besides wine. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can drink a glass of wine. If that glass of wine is going to get you no more intoxicated than a delicious high-end Moscow mule yeah. while you're having like a really good burger at a place. Mm-hmm. Like there it's there's really the same. The difference would be you go out chugging Jose Cuervo <laughs> until you vomit. That's a yeah. separate story we're talking about. Yeah. So when it comes to responsible, worshipful drinking mm-hmm. of alcohol, I say that is a gift that God has given us to worship him and be thankful to him for. It's a way that we can just see his creative goodness in our midst. But 
anything taken out of moderation, right? Think of Hebrews that says um, that we should lay aside every sin and weight and run the race that's been laid before us. Mm-hmm. There are things that are not sin that are just referred to as weights yeah. that can trip us up in our walk with Christ. Like the news, could be it's a good thing to be informed, but right now, if you're doing nothing but watching the news, you have anxiety and stress yeah. in this time of oh, life. Yeah. So there are anything taken out of out of like moderation, anything taken out of what it was given for, which is to worship God, can be a dis- just an absolutely debaucherous and hurtful thing to your heart yeah. as you seek life for yourself instead of seeking life for God. And I think drinking alcohol can be a beautiful thing, but abused, it can be a horrible and awful thing. Yeah, and I, I think like my final thoughts are like one... Alcohol is one of those addictions that you don't. It's kind of like, uh, for I, it's kind of like porn. Like you don't have to go very far. It's true. And all of a sudden, you're very addicted. We to didn't it. talk about that, but that's and, true. And so it's like you know, alcohol is, and that's why I kind of just want to end on this because we don't, we can't really rebut it. Sure. Um, but it's like you can have like three drinks maybe within the span of two hours. Sure. And you can be, you can be drunk. Oh, sure. And it's like, so it, it doesn't take a lot. Whereas like for me, yeah, I can like get on the news and it might be like, you know, two hours of on sure. the news, this or social media, this. And it's like, it's just not as detrimental mm-hmm. unless I'm actually doing it a lot and consuming a lot of it. Right. Um, so it's like, and then people would say, and this is kind of like my final thought that I'll sure. land on, which is this, like they would say like, Oh, well I've heard this before back in, you know, Bible times, like alcohol wasn't as strong or alcohol okay. was this. Like, so it took a lot more to get drunk. And once again, like that's not true. Cause we, I mean, it might take a, have taken a lot to get drunk, but we but still, still the, the wedding Bible, at Cana. We still see the Bible saying, Hey, these people have gotten drunk. Right. They have gotten so drunk they've taken off their clothes. They've done sure. incest, like all this other debauchery. And so it's like it still warns us. Yeah. You can get drunk very easily right. and do horrible things. Right. And so I think that is a good place to kind of land, which is, you know, all things can be beautiful, like if they've been given to us by the Lord. But all of us have our own limits right there's no nothing written in the bible that says thou shalt have one glass of fine wine mm-hmm. but if it's cheap wine you may have a second <laughs> nobody's yeah. saying that right like but what it is saying is don't get drunk mm-hmm. but instead be filled with the holy spirit yeah right if you're filled with the holy spirit the fruit not fruits but the fruit of the holy spirit a piece of that is self-control yeah and so those of us that are filled with the holy spirit have the ability to say you know what that's my limit yeah i i'm a one drink kind of guy i'm a two drink kind of guy i very rarely have have met somebody who says i'm a 17 drink kind of guy and then i cut it off unless you're andre the giant right and then maybe you you need to be in movies and professional wrestling but i'm just saying we all know our limit and you're lying to yourself Mm -hmm. If you think that you can handle more than you actually can, you know you're lying. Yeah. You need to rein it back in and you need to receive what it is the Lord wants to speak to you and make it a worshipful, beautiful thing. Well, and like you said with the with the youth kids, like do like not only like like you should be teaching it, but showing mm-hmm. others like do as I do, like even calling it out. Like I, right. I mean, I think I remember us having a conversation one time and you just pointing out, like, hey, like like you drink a beer faster than me like it's just something that you have to realize and so in the course of a night like just be more mindful of that sure and after you said that to me now when i when i have a beer 
I, I audibly hear you say that in my head and yeah. I go, oh, I just need to like, I need to slow down. That's right. It's going to still be here when I come back sure. an hour later. And so it's like, I think you calling out that in my life pointed out that kind of like area that I was like, oh, sure. Like, that's okay. Course correct. You know, like I'm exactly. going to move over right now. So yeah. it's just calling out sin and, and teaching others like, hey, do as I do. Yep. And as I say, I walk faster than my wife because yeah. I'm six foot tall and she's 4'11". So she has to remind me, can you walk a little slower for yeah. me, bro? My legs don't work like yours. Yeah. And we all have different paces and strides and things that we can handle and not handle. Mm-hmm. We have to A, be okay accepting our own pace and stride and yeah. things and B, understand yours might not be like mine. So I have to honor you mm-hmm. too and be protective of you because that's what the Lord's called us to do. Yeah. And I, if, if you can do those things, I feel like you, if you can walk in self-control in those things, it can be really, really beautiful. Just don't let it go South. Don't let it go sour. Exactly. That's what Great I'm saying. Land. Yep. Hey, let's land there. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for listening to the podcast. We release a fresh podcast every week. If you want to hear more of these, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at biblical lenses. That's literally the tag name. That's literally the screen name at biblical lenses. We, we, we picked up that, that screen name pretty quickly. That, Copyright. Yeah. That's amazing. Yep. So, uh, you can also find us at biblical lenses.com website launching very, very soon. I keep saying that, but I promise you it is launching very, very soon. very soon. If you have any questions, DM us on any of those platforms, email us biblical lenses at gmail.com and make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on Apple podcasts and any other podcast player that you listen to but we would especially like that review and that five star review over on apple Podcasts. it would mean a lot to us share this with your friends maybe there are not the drinking type and this will cause some conversation yeah that would be fun dialogue about oat suds that's about oat suds and hooch so we love you guys you have a great time we will see you next time Shotgun it, bro. Shotgun it. I'm telling you. What a bunch of nerds. (laughs)